0: Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 190 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. 190. I'm Robert Shea. Yeah, you are. I thought you were going to say that your name was 190, which would be a little odd. Yeah. Well, and that would fit a digital world in which we live right the digital you're world you're so of, slick you're well, so good
1: it's be, unbelievable i've been doing this a while.
0: one of the elements of the digital world in which we live is the cybersecurity problem challenge issue whoa whoa it, yes w o e not w o a h that agencies are working on um, one of the pieces of that is Zero Trust, some recent guidance about that. Cyber is the focus of FedHeads this week. Ross Noderft is Executive Director of the Alliance for Digital Innovation, and he is former chief of the cyber team at the Office of Management and Budget. Ross, welcome, thanks for joining us today. What's your takeaway from a lot of these, there are a lot of pieces out there now about cyber, thinking about the way that the federal government's restructuring the jobs that all of the cyber leaders have, what that looks like. I mentioned the zero trust guidance that's out recently and all of that. What do you make of all of the kind of things that are floating around in the ether right now? Welcome. Yeah,
2: thank you. Thank you, uh, Francis and Robert, for, for having me on. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot in the ether right now. Um, and, you know, some of it's, I think, pretty well connected and some of it is uh, a little bit disparate and running on different tracks. But uh, I'm trying to put some parameters around it and I can answer your question. But we've got the FSMA uh, bill that's percolating on the House, just released their version a couple weeks ago. Um, we have the Zero Trust Guides that came out uh, a little over a week ago. We have uh, the cybersecurity executive order that uh, is still being implemented right now. So we've got a lot of policy, and it's big policy. It's more mi- micro policy, but it's still just pushing cybersecurity forward. Um, so you know, I think it's it's important for us to kind of take a second and, and see what what is it that agencies really now are um, required to react to? Where are they in their process? And, and I think the freshest one to talk about is probably the Zero Trust um, guidance that came out of OMB uh, recently. So it's the Zero Trust strategy that was published uh, on the 26th of January. Um, that document was the, the start of the race for agencies to uh, develop their Zero trust implementation plan. So, I mean, 60 days, not a lot of time um, for them to, to take a, a look at what is five big pillars of change and figure out how to do uh, resourcing, both from a, from a cost for tools standpoint, a cost for people. Um, how they're going to implement it and, and migrate into this new architecture, how they build the new architecture. So there's a lot of piece parts to this, this document that they have to write. The good news is um, it hasn't changed dramatically from the draft that was circulated to agencies and made public several months ago. So hopefully agencies have seen that and have been planning um, accordingly and have started to develop what some of those approaches may look like, but I think it's still going to be pretty pretty chaotic next uh, next few weeks to, to put those resources together uh, in a way that makes sense.
1: Ross, the government is both probably the biggest target for cyber attacks. It's also probably the most difficult to protect because of its size and complexity. What would you recommend agencies do? What are the big priorities that the administration needs to do and that the agency do to drive this down to every facet of the government's operations while at the same time still being to operate effectively?
2: There's a couple of answers, right? Every agency, I mean, you, you make the point. Government's big. Government's a, a juicy target, but not every part of the government is, is the same. Um, and I think that one of the interesting things that we've seen, Robert, over the years is is a transition from focusing on security compliance, just checklists of security features and tools, and moving more towards empowering agencies to really uh, take a, a risk management, a risk-based approach to, to security. And I think that's important for, for several reasons, right? You've got some really crazy important national security stuff happening in certain agencies. The Department of Energy's got nuclear codes, everybody talks about and then. Harkening back to Michael Daniels, he, he used to talk about uh, the marine mammal commission, right? And the, the not that I don't love whales, but I mean the the risk level on those two is is slightly different. So they You've be just mad-
1: alienated a huge swath right. of our audience, right? Three just, of our uh, listeners too. are
0: mad at you now. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> the whale songs that they're protecting could be considered CUI. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the agency's risk tolerance, but I think it's important for us to if we're gonna if we're gonna if the, if the FSMA law is going to put the risk squarely on the shoulders of the individual agencies across government, that's important for us to empower them to make those risk management decisions based on the types of data. They're dealing with. And I think that that shift is, is, is hugely important to helping us take those scarce resources that are out there and apply them accordingly. Now, to answer your question more directly, what are the things that we should be leaning into? I mean, there's some basics out there, Robert. There's Digital identity and, you know, multi-factor authentication, we can't say it enough, is is extraordinarily important. We put out a memo in 2006, HSPD 12, that was the genesis of the PIV and the cat card that we, we have today. And it has taken us, you know, almost two decades to roll that out in any type of meaningful way. We're, we're pretty close. People have PIV cards, but there's still...
1: I was the first political at OMB with a PIF card. just want to tell you.
2: Wow. That's how you old go. I am. Well, I was going to say a trendsetter, Robert. Yeah. Well said. So point being like basic stuff, digital identity, making sure that your, your, your network, well, as we move to more of a zero trust environment, that we're using um, segmentation of network spaces that we're really doing device-level security, and that we're we're mapping what our data is and making sure it's it's protected as it moves between the individual people and the devices and uh, across those network environments.
0: Just a heads up, when he starts telling his Grandpa Simpson stories about when he was at OMB 142 years ago, you're welcome to just continue talking. Eventually, he will get the picture, and he'll just stop and and go back to sleep. It's perfectly fine.
1: Unfortunately for me, Francis edits these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not editing that. I'm leaving that in. Um, what's, What's your sense, Ross, of what agencies have and don't have to be able to kind of thread that needle? That's the way I think of it when you lay out all those things. FISMA reform, zero trust guidance, the cyber EO, still very top of mind when you lay out all those things. I imagine there's a laundry list of things on both sides of the ledger. Maybe they're already equipped in certain ways uh, fairly well. And in other ways, there are still some pretty big gaps.
2: Yeah. Uh, Look, I think you guys are are uniquely placed to understand kind of what, what what I'm going to say here. I think what agencies need the most and, and, and can use the most to really effectively drive cybersecurity forward is a alignment between the C-suite executives. I mean, people say this all the time. We've got to have uh, people at the top who are driving down cybersecurity. And that's true, right? You have to have ownership and buy-in from the the secretary. But let's be honest. Some of those positions, the secretary, the deputy secretary, those are political appointees that are going to shift throughout the course of administration. You need career, long-term staff who are at the top of the food chain who have relationships with each other and are looking at how do we successfully secure the mission. So the the mission space is sacrosanct. Let's figure out what we're doing to underpin that from an IT standpoint. How are we funding it to make sure the mission is done and how are we doing that securely? That conversation needs to be seamless. And security is built in to that conversation. Um, Every single part of the world. That that's what is key.
0: So when you say it needs to be seamless, the implication in my mind is that it's not now. What are the gaps, and what seals those gaps, Ross?
2: Sure, sure. And look, I think that it depends on the agency. Some agencies uh, I've, I've worked with who, who do very very well, and some agencies don't. Some of the some of the some of the don'ts to your question, we've seen um, not through any fault, but I have seen that security folks tend to have solutions and ideas and ways of protecting things um, when they go to either purchase a tool or service that don't necessarily map to uh, what the contracting officer understands uh, is the need, right? So breaking down the barrier of, hey, I need something that is going to take several years for me to buy, or it's something, it's a service that I have to buy over a period of years, and here's reasons for it, and I need you, uh, a contract for me to go buy this, but they have not necessarily uh, experienced what this tool does, they're not sure how to rate it, they're not sure how to use past performance to to purchase this service, Um, and then some of the flexibilities in the FAR, you know, some that require nuanced understanding.
1: So you've danced around this a little bit, Ross funding for these and other IT modernization efforts. I know your organization has advocated for greater funding yeah. for huge needs. Can you talk a little bit about whether agencies are adequately funded for this and other IT needs?
2: One of the things we didn't talk about yet in the cybersecurity space is, is the CXEO. And I think that that's important to that bring that up to, to answer your question. Because security has to be built in. Back, back to the other point I was making, for every major IT priority that underpins that mission, right? So we have to build in security across the board. And recently the CXEO came out and when I think it was, uh, some folks were asking, OMB has said that we can achieve those priorities that we've outlined in this executive order through current funding levels. Well, I mean, some of this stuff requires major upgrades, uh, movement to shared services, you, you cannot, way I look at it is, you can't build a new bridge uh, and shut down traffic on the current bridge. You have to keep the traffic moving on the current bridge while you build that new bridge before you can before you can shift it over. Right? So there's no way that you can do it fully with the current funding that you have to keep that that service going. Um, so that's one thing that I you know want to call out. We need to we need to be honest with the requirements that are being levied on agencies right now and the amount of money that it's going to take from an investment standpoint to get the best in breed from a commercial uh, technology standpoint. We're moving big systems into cloud and commercial technology areas. And and these big muscle movements require adequate funding to do it. And I think that whether it's the CXEO, the cybersecurity EO, the zero trust uh, guidance, it's going to require money, so we've got to we've got to work. Agencies have to work with Congress. OMB has to help bridge the gap between the two. We have to be intellectually honest with the requirements that are out there, and we have to ask Congress for money to get it done.
0: Uh, final thought: What will you look at, for example, when a budget request rolls out for fiscal 23, or when Congress, if Congress ever makes final appropriations for 22 and beyond, to see whether that part of it goes along with the policy and governance part of it, Ross. Yeah.
2: Well, I am I am a, a a naturally hopeful guy, so I am uh, I am gonna look for. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, 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 hoping that FY22 is not a year long CR and that we have the ability to do to lean in and do some new program starts. There are, you know, you've seen some of the marks that are out there right now. Um, There's cybersecurity funding in those marks. So if we are able to get an omnibus package or or even minibus packages, that'll allow us to to fund some security measures in 22 that weren't funded before. Uh, In 23, again, (laughs) staying optimistic. um, Because that zero trust strategy has been out and because the executive order has been out since May, agencies who are paying attention, uh, I, I hope, Have have seen the writing on the wall and have started to bake in some of what they think are going to be their requirements into the 23 budget cycle. Um, So I'm hoping, and knock on wood, uh, that we see in 23 uh, some some interesting uh, congressional justifications for cybersecurity spending that that help drive these zero trust requirements forward. And then 24, sky's the limit right now, and I think that's what we saw in the zero trust uh, strategy that came out is is ob pointing with a big finger saying if you don't have this built in your budget now do it because we're about to enter 24 and you guys need to be thinking this way which i wholeheartedly applaud i just wish we could have built it in a little
1: bit earlier we love a good optimist on the program yeah you and me are the only ones ross
0: great to see you thanks for coming on
2: thank you guys for having me it's fun
0: thanks for listening to the fed heads brought to you by grant thornton public sector